Hey everybody, welcome to a Voice in the Wilderness podcast with Skipper Harry and Pastor Travis from City Church. What's up, what's up everybody? We are sitting here thinking about what we're going to talk about. Well, it is uh, Valentine's Day week and so, you know, I hope you, you're prepared for that day. Um, Mr. Skipper, are you? Are you, you know what I was thinking about? This is what I was thinking about. So, you know, I'm going to be doing the little men's group, you know, right. and I was thinking about this as I was coming back across town from picking Fisher up. You know, we're talking about having like a social event one time a month right? with the guys. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that in February, we need to do a shopping day where we get our wives something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and in November, way ahead of Christmas, <laughs> yeah. before the shopping gets crazy and it's so full, yeah. we need to have a shopping day. And get and get gifts for our wife because I'm gonna tell you I don't know about you, I am the world's worst about getting a good gift. Yeah, I I'm not uh not too skilled in that myself. I mean I I ordered my wife all sorts of stuff, but fishing lures and fishing poles showed up at my house. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what happened. No, I'm just <coughs> just teasing. <clears throat> yeah, I've tried to get a little bit better about that, a little more intentional. The older that I've you know gotten and the more i get to know my wife she's she's not really like materialistic things now if you want to get her something you just clean the house like you know grab a a vacuum cleaner or you know wash the dishes and man she's uh she's ecstatic about that her love language is definitely acts of service um and so yeah she's if you get her anything she's like oh yeah that's nice but (laughs) What she really wants is once you get in there and fold some of them clothes, son, get in there and yeah. and, and do some of that laundry. That's really what uh, what she appreciates. That's I, her love place. Yeah, I was actually pretty good at laundry in my opinion, but I got fired. Yeah. Yeah, Crystal like fired me. She's like, you cannot wash everything together. And I'm like, well, the washing machine's big enough. You can put it all in there. You ain't got to separate them. I don't understand that whole thing. Yeah, you're, you're like uh, – your dishwashing or your laundry skills are like my dishwashing skills. And that's, that's been the source of heated debate is, uh, the dishwasher. Like I honestly believe that they're supposed to wash the dishes. (laughs) My wife believes that you wash the dishes and you put them in there. And so I don't clean them enough. And so she winds up, you know, taking them back out and washing the dishes, which I don't understand. It's a dish dishwasher, like dishwasher. And she's like, you, you can't just, put them in there i'm like well i don't just put them in there i i rinse them off and beat some of the i said but i might as well dry them off and put them in the in, in the pan like in the cabinets if we do it your way i don't even understand like and so i just stay like out of the whole dish thing because it's well i uh, I hadn't told crystal this but i just let mercy lick our place and i put them back in the cabinet yeah i thought of it that's a great idea <laughs> that is awesome no i don't i don't do that I, I, but I do think it w- would work, though. Oh, yeah, I guarantee you, I got two of them that would lick that thing clean and yeah. you could put it right back in. I put a, <laughs> I put a, I had some mashed potatoes on a paper plate last night and I had a little bit left over from Fisher and I put it on the floor of Mercy, like started on one end of the porch and was <laughs> down. <laughs> licked it all the way off. She was down and had it between the door and the and the deck, yeah. the screen door, and she was still working on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, that poor thing needs some hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might do the same thing just all over the kitchen floor, just ro- ro- just rolling with it, man. Yeah, so we've been you've been preaching about relationships, man. We've been talking about, and, you know, this is something that's close to me and Crystal because of, you know, God's given us an opportunity to have a marriage ministry, and mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a part of what we do. And 
we work with couples a lot and I just love the fact that uh, there's a pastor that's working, that's actually in, being intentional about talking about relationships because so many people are in trouble in their relationship. Well, yeah, I honestly believe that it determines the quality of your life and in some cases the quantity of your life because right. of the stress and the depression and uh, all the things that come with an unhealthy relationship or unhealthy marriage. And God's intent in his heart is always for us to experience success and victory in our relationships, whether it's in our marriage or in our friendships, you know, and using wisdom to discern, hey, this is healthy. This is a, a godly relationship. And I like to say it like this. It's like godly relationships will bring the best out of you, you know, and if it's not bringing the best out of you, it's not the best for you. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah no you doubt. Know? And so... That's in, in marriage, that's in, you know, dating, that's in, you know, friendships. And so, you know, the, the quality and the quantity of our lives are tied up into relationships. We don't realize how powerful they are, and we need to use discernment and wisdom and, and who and, and when we engage with, uh, with certain people, you know, in, in friendships, marriage, so forth and so on. Yeah, you know, Crystal was talking to me the other night. <clears throat> you had called me, and she was like, man, she was like, you, you know, you really have a lot of great friends. And I was like, I don't know if I'd say a lot of great friends, but the friends that I do have mm -hmm. are good friends. I mean, I don't, I just don't spend time, you know, I just, I'm not going to spend my time with people that don't help me grow mm -hmm. and that I don't help grow. I just, yeah. to me, I don't understand having what I call leash, leeches. Right. You know, I had uh, a coach friend of mine came one time and, and uh, he he visited somebody and he said, man, they ain't, they got a bunch of leeches around them. And I was like, man, that's you know, I, I don't want no, I don't, want, I ain't got nothing hardly to give but Jesus, so I, I don't that. want no leeches around me. But we were talking about relationships and and you know, I work with quite a few couples and usually almost all the time when you're working with couples, one of the things that's a challenge for us as a couple working with couples is. Most couples wait until it's like a nine one one call yeah. before they ask somebody to give them a hand. Mass, yeah. <laughs> and Angie, when Angie was here, that counseled Crystal and I when I first got saved, she made a comment during that podcast that was so. She said, "You know, marriage counseling is not a nine one one call." Yeah. And you know, so anybody out there that's listening, which I know there's a lot of people that go through marriage problems, man, if you are struggling, don't wait until you're ready to give up. Yeah. Before you seek help. And there's help out there. And this is the part that's probably the coolest about it is you might not think that other people are, have gone through or are going through what you're going through right now in your marriage. But trust me, um, when we do our marriage conferences, the first thing Crystal and I do is share our testimony. And by the time we're done sharing our testimony, every girl in the room feels sorry for Crystal. <laughs> and they're looking at you. <laughs> and, every, <laughs> and every guy in the room's going, God, you are the stupidest person <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> at me so um you know and so we try to get that out front right in the beginning of the conference so that everybody there understands look you're not alone yeah this is this is a common issue and there's a there and there's a bulletproof solution sure yeah it's uh it's like this hope deferred makes the heart sick yep and so i believe that jesus steps into the i don't know what we deem to be the most hopeless situation and speaks life into it and brings us to a place to where it's well in our soul. And you know what? If other marriages and other couples see your story and your testimony, 
uh, and the power of God working in that to bring you to a place to where, man, uh, you guys are joined, you're stronger, you're better on the other side of it, man. It just gives other people hope like, hey, um, if if God could do that with them, then my God, he can fix my situation because, you know, guys like us, we tear it up real good. Oh, yeah. We Buddy. mess it up good, don't we? I will tell you, if there's a class of how to absolutely ruin a marriage, yeah. I promise you I could be a leader. Yeah, it's it. called wrecking shop. Like there's shop one oh one and then there's wrecking shop one oh one. I was messing up the messed up. Yeah. I mean it was bad. Yeah. I mean it was bad. I'm I'm working with a couple right now that's um, you know, they're facing some stuff and I was talking to the husband this morning and I told him, I said, Man, I said, You're at a crossroads right now. I said, You're gonna have to choose God's path, or you're gonna to have to choose the world's path. Yeah. You know, you're at a crossroads. You, you, you're gonna lose your family, depending on what you choose right here. And he said, "I know you're right." He said, "I know you're right." He said, "He said people have been prophesying over me my entire life, telling me that God's got a calling on my life, and I've been running." He said, "Why is it so hard for me to surrender and just let God have His way?" I said, "Because right now." I said, you can clearly see your future right now. You you understand what you do for a living. You understand whatever where everything's at right now. I said, but when you surrender your heart to the Lord, I said, it is a day-by-day growth. Yeah. And you literally don't know, you know, you can't see what's so far ahead of you of what's going to happen. And then you've got to be prepared all the time in your heart that things could change and they could change. But this is the, this is the thing to me as a follower of Jesus the way I see it. Things may change, but they're going to change for the better because we go from glory to glory. Yep. And so I was encouraging him today, you know, this is an opportunity for you to make a big decision in your life. And I, I do put, I personally, as a, as a counselor, I put a little pressure on the guys just because of the fact that I believe that God created us to lead. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing it, you know, if we're not showing how to live a godly life and how to seek God out and how to, how to chase after your, your calling in life, you can't expect the people in your family to, to be doing it. No, they, uh, they're not wired that way. Right. Uh, God designed us in such a way that it reveals our destiny. And our destiny is to pursue Jesus, is to be in communion and relationship with God. I mean, the statistics are staggering. When the male gets, when the husband gets saved in the household, I think 93% of the house gets, gets born again and right. is pursuing Jesus. And it drops off if the... If the mother's the only one that you know gives their life to the Lord, it drops down to like seventy-two percent. I mean, it's huge, and that's why a lot of what we do at City Church isn't just to neglect women, but it's to target men because, in effective ministry, it's understanding when the the husband, when the man gets born again, um, man, the influencing factor is multiplied uh, within the household, and so. At the end of the day, yeah, men were designed to lead and lead in a godly way, and there's nothing more attractive than than a man pursuing Jesus. Man, women will just follow. It's amazing at all the women that used to follow Jesus. You know what I mean? And, yeah. it, and it wasn't in such a you know any type of sexual way. It was confidence with their heart. You right. know, oh, absolutely, with integrity, comfort. Yeah, integrity and and uh, you know all these qualities. And so when when a woman sees that working through a man, it's like a moth drawn to the flame. You right. know, it's it's just. Well, th- this is how I put it when I do counseling, and and I say I say you know the the movies have made trillions of dollars off the exact same plot. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, there's different a, character, just same storyline. There's a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. There's a hero that comes and saves her. 
you know, and I tell I tell the I tell the guys I'm like, look, almost all girls that you know have had some kind of thing happen in their life where they've gotten hurt, mm-hmm. and it's kind of they've kind of taken it on into their life with them and they're carrying it with them. And I said they want healing, and I said and they're looking at you, thinking you're going to make situation better. I said, but what what it is is the more you look like Jesus, the more they like you because it's Jesus that they actually want. He's the hero. Yeah, he's the one that saves them. He's the one that heals the wounds and makes it all better. So the more you look like Christ, the more they like you. Yeah. And and they kind of look at you like you just, you know, a lot of the guys will look at you like, you know, how do I do that? Well, it's just like me and Stephen were talking about the other day when we started the Bible study. It's a it's a day-by-day process. Yeah. You know, walking with the Lord is the same thing as going to the gym or being a, a runner or a biker or any kind of exercise that you do with your body. You have to do the same thing spiritually. You just got to continue to to build that spiritual muscle by, by seeking God out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in our relationship, it needs to be built on that spirituality. It needs to be built on our relationship with Christ, husband and wife modeling that uh, in in front of our children uh, so that they can model it in front of their children. And so at the end of the, at the end of the day, um, you know, if, this is void and absent from the marriage, then it's just the blind leading the blind and they'll both fall into a a ditch. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing that how many people do marriage the way they just, they think they should, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to feel my way through this. And God has a design on how a healthy model of marriage looks like. And and if you, if you want one of the keys is like a, I don't know, a, a biblical model of, of a healthy marriage is two people trying to outserve one another. That's right. That's Let absolutely me, right. Like, it's not what can I get, it's like what can I give. Because when you give, you get. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Come and on, preach it. Why yeah. you preaching good now? <laughs> but that's what people have a hard time understanding. What you lose on earth is loosed in heaven. So when you choose to serve, it comes back. And I remember I was sitting there one day and I was getting ready for – work and I'd just gotten saved and it was Crystal and I were struggling because I was trying to beat her over the head with the Bible and I was standing in my closet and I'm looking through my closet and I'm trying to figure out you know what am I going to wear and I'm like God why will my wife not follow me why is you know why is I feel like there's so there's such a, 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 a you know there's such a disconnect there and the Lord just spoke to me so clearly and he said why would I have my daughter follow you when you won't follow me and I was like, ooh, <laughs> wait a minute, man. And, I, and it kind of clicked for me. I'm like, wait a minute. If I would just focus on following him, he'll take care of her. Yeah. And so it kind of brought me to this little this little diagram that I'll draw for couples sometimes. And it's got the man on one side and the, and the woman on the other side. And if you focus on Jesus, you just continue to get closer. But here, here's the deception. Here's what the enemy does. The enemy, and I'm going to put this on there so you guys can see it. What the enemy does is he convinces you to keep your focus on your spouse. Mm-hmm. And so you're so busy trying to point out what they do wrong yeah. that you can't pay attention to what you need to f- correct in your own life. You're yeah. so busy talking about the, the speck in their eye mm-hmm. that you can't see the log hanging out of your own eye. Yeah. And so the enemy just keeps you deceived the whole entire time. When if you'll just learn to take your focus off of each other and start focusing on your relationship with Jesus, all the rest of that stuff starts taking care of itself. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with McCall and and David. 
David, you know, is dancing before the Lord out there cutting a jig in his garments, and McCall comes to the window <laughs> and is disgusted, and, and she lets him have it. It's like, how distinguished was the king of Israel, you know, flaunting around, you know, shamelessly in front of the servants' girls, and so what was she doing? She went to her, her, she approached the relationship from a window as, hey, you need to quit this. You need to stop that. You need to, you know, you're embarrassing me. And everything in their marriage and everything in their, you know, uh, about their relationship changed from that point. Um, and so it, it, it just come un, undone. And that's what happens to our relationships when we go to the window and we're always looking uh, out to change them and to find Mr. Right, find Mrs. Right, looking out the window or through the lens of relationships, always externally, outwardly perspective. Yep. The Bible says nothing about how you change somebody. That's right. It don't say anything about how you find the perfect person, the perfect man, the perfect woman, but it has everything to say about becoming the per perfect person, becoming the right person, becoming a, a, a husband before you get married, right? Becoming a wife before, because you need to become these things. And then God sends those, those relationships to you in the way that we do it. It's not looking out the window, trying to fix them, find them, find that one. It's when we stand in front of the mirror and allow God to do a work in us. Because at the end of the day, how do you take the log out of your eye? You better stand in front of the mirror, which right. is the word of God. And then you can allow the word to do a work from the inside out. And so you stop looking for the perfect person and you start trying to become the person that right. God has called you to be. And and so if we're going to engage in healthy marriages, healthy relationships, we got to ease away from the mirror or ease away from the window. Stop pointing. And, and here's a, a big mistake. It's like whatever you speak to grows. That's right. And, and so we will have the, mis the the concept of, well, if I criticize it enough, it'll cut it out of my life. No. <laughs> it grows, whether it's good or bad, whether it brings life or death. And so that doesn't mean not having conversations, but it's understanding how to have conversation without a critical spirit. Because a lot of times the first instinct is, let me criticize the thing in my part. Let me go to the window and criticize the thing that I don't like, that's an outwardly, you know, response or outly, outwardly behavior. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, I can't even change the trash. That's right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not going to change somebody, but the Holy Spirit can change me. The Holy Spirit can change them. And so when we back away from external window watching when it comes to our marriages and in relationships and we stand in front of the mirror and stand in front of the word and allow it to show us areas that we need to work on, you know, areas that God wants to cut out of our life and change in us. It's amazing how much healthier our marriages and our relationships are when we just stop criticizing what's out there and allow God to start working with what's in here. You know, when I, <clears throat> excuse me, when I work with couples, it, 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 it varies the results vary and it always varies off of their willingness to to see the truth and one time i met with a good friend of mine he loved this guy loves jesus golly man he i mean this guy loves the lord he's one of those few people that get up every day and read the bible he just really loves the lord and he had been married and they had i think um three or four beautiful kids i can't remember and he calls me one day man he's just distraught and he's like look man you know, my bride has gotten in touch with a former boyfriend on some kind of social media platform, and she told me she's going to leave me for this guy. And he said, will you talk to her? 
And so I said, well, give me your number. I mean, I'll try, you know, whatever, man. And so I actually, I was actually on a fast when I, this has been a while. I was on a fast and I asked, I said, can I, I called her and I said, can I just take you to dinner and talk to you? And so we went and sat down at a restaurant and I wasn't even eating. She was eating and I wasn't eating. And which I thought she thought was really weird. The reason I point that out is because she thought it was really weird that I took her to eat and I wouldn't even eat, but I was seeking out God. Anyway, so I started talking to her and I said, can you just see the deception? And she goes, what's that? And I said, here's a guy that you know from your past that's willing to have a relationship with a woman that's married while he's married. And you think this is a better choice than a godly husband. That's the father of your children that would do anything in the world for you. And you couldn't pour a woman on him and make him cheat on you. And I just kind of, and I was just, I was just actually tears were going down my face as I was talking about it, sitting at the table. And I said, please tell me that you can see the devil deception in this. You actually are thinking that it's better to leave the father of your children that loves Jesus Christ and go be with this guy that's willing to have an affair. Yeah. And I said, don't you see the deception? And man, I don't know what God did, but God moved on that girl's heart. She left there, told the guy to quit contacting her and her and her husband. It's been probably two years since this happened. They've been doing great ever since. I mean, she she just, I mean, she just, it, it was like her eyes were just open to the deception of the enemy, but that's what the enemy does. I mean, when I was, before I got saved here, I was married to probably one of the most beautiful women I've ever met. Wonderful mom faithful, loyal, kind, everything you can think of. And I was convinced in my mind I was with the wrong girl. Yeah. And and once I got born again and I, I had eyes to see and ears to hear, I was like, man, what a crazy deception. And then I was <laughs> reading, I was reading in scripture today, and I think it's in John, and it actually said that you can deceive yourself. Yeah. You can deceive yourself. And I remember I was highlighting that. I'm like, we actually deceive ourselves, man, because nobody sure. told me that. Nobody told yeah. me I was with the wrong girl. Yeah, no, I put that in my own. Nobody believes your lives like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I believe. And, you know, now it's just like I look back at that and I think to myself, I, I have to feel sorry for people that are in that position now. Yeah. Because I didn't realize how deceived I was at that point in time. I thought I was doing the right thing. But, man, when you look back from the – when you take and you come back away from the dark side and you look back across at it, you're just like – how do people not see it? But I didn't either. Yeah. I mean, with here's here's the, the big picture. I mean, without Jesus, we all suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, we, we just do. Um, you know, without him leading our life and helping, without the Holy Spirit helping us and counseling us and, you know, leading us, man, we're utter failures, man. And, and I'm every, pretty bad even with all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, I mean, it's like sometimes I wonder, man, do I have enough help? Do I have enough of the Holy Spirit? You know what I mean? But uh, I, and, and that's what I was going to say earlier, man, is that, you know, I I mean, have you ever had a job and you try to take on a whole other job? Yes. Well, that's what we're talking about right here because there, it's a full-time job to keep this – for messing everything up. Yes. I don't have time to look over there at her. Yeah. I'm too busy trying to make sure this is all straight. Mm-hmm. And it's a full-time job to be a man of God. It is a full-time, and it's not a bad thing. I don't right. dislike it. Yeah. But I have to be laser-focused on it so that God can do what he wants with me, and I don't mess it up. Yeah. Well, it's it's easy to mess it up, but I, I like what uh, Pastor Dylan said Wednesday night at our youth uh or unite service. He said, you know, God's already factored in your faults and failures before he even called you to follow. 
(laughs) So thank God, because I got a lot of them, you know, but he's factored it in the spiritual journey. Uh, And so that takes, you know, that's his grace. It's his goodness. And, you know, he's factored that stuff in so that he can, he does all the heavy lifting. That's the God. That's the good news. That's the gospel, man. It's like, Hey, we can just rest in his grace, his unmerited, unearned favor, uh, and live a life of pure joy, you know, in every season and know that, that, you know, Abba Daddy has us. Well, I can tell you, man, it's one of them things where if you think that you've got it all figured out, you need to regroup. Yeah. Because um, you don't. And I love what you're doing right now and your messages and the way that God's giving you these visuals. And, you know, you're just you're being so creative in the way that you're trying to communicate the truth to people. And I loved it the other day when you put – the three guys up there and you were talking about the relationships and you were using the ropes. And those of you that hadn't seen that, you need to go to city church um, and and take a look at it on their Facebook. But, you know, pastor was talking about the relationships and and why don't you elaborate on that? Well, every day have, they have sway. (laughs) That's right. Every day has sway. The power and the pull of, of relationships. And, And here's what God does. He sends relationships to you, usually through the local church that's trying to pull you into your God-given tomorrow, pull you into the future, but you have relationships that you're connected to in your painful you know, past. And so understanding how to put up boundaries uh, in life whenever God's trying to do something new is critical in experiencing that victory and success. And if they can't, if you've got old relationships and it necessarily wanting to go on this Jesus journey with you, which is ultimately the heart of God, like he wants your form, like those former relationships that you used to go to the club and to the bar. Well, he wants to bring them. He wants to have a relationship with them too. And so if you can bring them on this journey with you, then praise God, that is awesome. But if they don't ex- they don't respect and honor your boundaries, they need to experience your buy because <laughs> right. yeah, because every day has sway. Are they and you got to ask yourself this question: Are they pulling me into my future, or are they keeping me held in my past? And what happens is usually the tension of every relationship is determined by the time that you've had them. Right. And so a lot of the new relationships they don't have the tension that the old ones do. And so you've got to understand how to um, compensate for the tension in every relationship. Sometimes you have to cut ties. Right. Like you just have to. And it didn't mean that they're evil. It just means that they're inadequate to pull you into their, to your God-given tomorrow. Uh, and so you got to make a choice. you got to make a decision. Hey, do I want to take this journey of faith? And here's what people usually do. They'll cut ties with the new because it's unfamiliar, and they'll stay planted in what's comfortable. Right. They'll stay in their comfort. I know Joe. Me and Joe used to roll. Me and Joe, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't know Flo. Flo's taking me to a place I don't know. Right. You know, and so and so that we walk by faith, not by sight. And when we start this journey with Jesus, um, you've got to be able to step into something that's uncomfortable, something that's different, something that's going to stretch you, challenge you. Um, you, you you've you've got to be able to know what they it's going to pull you, you know, you, you've got to understand, Hey, where, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Uh, do I want to stay in my comfort and my misery and my painful past? Or do I want to allow God and healthy relationships to pull me into my potential of my tomorrow? Now, how long have you been born again? Uh, what's your spiritual birthday? Am I born again yet? <laughs> <laughs> when's your spiritual birthday? Oh, uh, I would say that I got, 
Let's see. Um, 2010. September 26, 2010 is when everything changed for me. You, that's, that's, so I was in 08. So that's when I think I, I've had this debate, theological debate with other pastors of trying to determine when I got born again. Yeah. Like, I think you can be changed uh, in a moment and become a new species, a new creation in Christ Jesus. But I don't think you experience transformation like you don't experience and other people don't experience transformation until you start renewing your mind. Right. I think I got born again in my bedroom in Buckville when I got home from, I got arrested and I got home 30 days later and I, I, I cried out in my room, Jesus, I need you. I need your help. I felt ashamed. I felt alone. And right there in that moment, I asked the Lord to come into my heart. But I didn't start changing. I didn't. My my behavior pattern was still the same. I right. still did all the, the you know all those things. But I, in that moment, I asked the Lord to come into my heart. And one of the things that really messed me up. Now this is what messed me up, was the day that my daughter died. Mm. I did something so contrary to what the flesh has to offer, and I started thanking God for her and thinking. And telling God that I knew that it wasn't him and started worshiping him and thanking him in that moment while the paramedics are working on my daughter and I'm out there at the back of my field praising God and thanking him. And and, and I said, you know, I know this isn't you, Lord. I know that you're a good God. I know that you're a God of love. I know that this isn't and was just out there on my hands and knees thanking him for the opportunity to be the father to my child that is fighting for their life over there. And when I told them, the the grief counselor that she was a believer, she said, for real, you was doing that? And I said, yeah. And so a man that's not born, you don't respond like that. Right. No, not at all. Not at all. You can't work that up in the flesh, you know? And so I think that that was like a, a gift of faith, a supernatural endowment, a endowment right. of gift of faith in that moment. Because I was thinking about Job in that moment. You know, th these Bible stories I hadn't heard since I was a, a, a young boy, you know. Uh, I mean, where where is this coming from? And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. When I got born again and when I experienced transformation, those are a little, two different dates. Right. You, you know, and so. Yeah, for me, you know, <clears throat> I went to church. I was, you know, got baptized, you know, when Crystal was pregnant with Gracie, our middle child. And. I just wasn't serious about it, man. I mean, it was it was it was me putting on a show for people that were around me. I didn't really care what people thought. I was just trying to, you know, trying to look the part. And then when 2008 rolled around, well, actually it was 2007 in December when I was out in Texas hunting and, and Crystal left me. You know, from that point, I had made a decision that I wanted to walk. I wanted my life to be centered around God, and then. In, in July of 2008 is when God really supernaturally like touched my life. Yeah. I mean, that was when it happened when I got baptized in the Swanee river. And so, um, but man, it's, it's, uh, you know, this thing about relationships, man, I know you're going to be talking about it for the rest of the month of February. And, um, and man, I just want to tell you, thank you for, thank you for doing what you're doing from the pulpit. You're, hey, this, we trying, brother. We trying. This is, this is going to be a lot of help. And I, you know, I was going to call you the other day and I was going to tell you, man, that it's very obvious when I watch how you're operating right now, that you that you really are pouring every bit of your heart into your messages. You, you you preach every single one of them like it's the last one. God's gonna give you an opportunity to preach, and and you use you're using great visuals. Um, you know you're just doing a. I mean honestly, I I want to make sure you hear this from my heart. 
you're doing such a great job of 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 leading this ministry and your heart is in just such a great place, man. And I just want to, I just want to praise you for what you're doing because well, praise Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we do it for him. Yeah. We do it for him, but, but we have to be willing, man. We got to be willing to put our heart and soul into it. And he does all the work, he does. but you know, you've, you've opened your heart, you've opened your life and you've opened all your talents and gifts. And you've said, Jesus, you do whatever you want. And he's doing a lot with it. Yeah. And so, um, as you're going to be starting up your unite groups, your small groups, man, I think that's going to, what? I think that's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, I, I really know, do. Looking, you know how I feel about you know small groups. I love them. That's where I met you at. We yeah. battle buddies, still still battling. You know what I mean? So yeah. well, small groups is it, it changes lives, man. It, does. it really does. And and I look forward to working with some couples. I look forward it's to working awesome. with some guys. And I think it's going to be a great. I think it's going to be a great opportunity to grow so i just want to tell you man i well, love what you're you, doing thank you and thank just you, thank uh you. you know i don't tell you enough man i love uh, you you're sure. one of my brothers yeah, i love you and too, uh i love i love when i see travis's name on my phone when it's ringing <laughs> sometimes i'm like dang i'm bothering him again <laughs> my one friend that's all i got you yeah. know no it's all good yeah. man it's all good well, it's but so it's so easy and i'll say this before we we get out of here here it's so easy whenever you're going on the in the same direction on the same journey with Jesus, just to roll the window down, and go, "Hey, man, what's up?" <laughs> you know what I mean? The journey of life. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're we're doing this thing together in our community. With we got the same heart, we got the same, you know, as far as vision. We just want to see people come to know Jesus because our life was an utter mess without Him, and He has done you know just an amazing work in our life. And we just want other people to experience that. Like yeah. simply put, it's like one beggar that found where we can be be fed trying to lead other people that are hungry there ourselves and so yeah it's uh i don't know man it's just a, a it's a trip man it's a, it is. It's a trip. It's a, I, I told that i told that guy i was talking to this morning man i said dude look i said man you could not be in a worse place than i was i'm telling you you think you think in your mind you think there's nobody's been in a worse place than i am i said i promise you i promise you i've yeah, been there like i've been doing this for a while and i i dare to say that I've never heard a story like yours. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like you messed it up. Yeah, I messed it up real bad. And, and you know, my buddy Jerry Coker, man, he says it as good as anybody. He he says, he says, Skipper has found something that works, and he's stuck with it. And That's it does, right. man. It works. I mean, we're not perfect, but I tell you what, we're happy, man. We're happy. Mm, yep. So, man, um, and oh, I want to give some props out to Michelle, too, because, yeah, like she's, I say. she's the glue. She makes it happen. Yeah, and I, I love seeing Taylor taking pictures and being a part yeah, of what's a, going on. You guys are really working it's a, great it's as a, a team. It's a family, you know. I think that's the that's the thing is we don't compartmentalize thing. It isn't like we got, okay, our home life, our ministry. No, we're just a family following Jesus, and that's this it. is it. That's it. That's this how it is, is what with we us. Do, you know, this yeah. is what we do. I mean, I just love that. I mean, Taylor's taking pictures. Michelle's. Grace is helping in uh, yeah. pre-K. She's like, yeah. she loves it you know i have to force her to go to elementary because she's such a servant she wants to get in there and, and help with them with the babies it's like sometimes i gotta say no you need to go to you know class yourself you, yeah but she just has a servant's heart she you know it's a it's a family thing i love it it's know? a good look now you just got to put a paintbrush in her hand yes <laughs> yeah something yeah, help, help me out here help me with some of these projects all right brother well thank you for coming in all man right, enjoyed it love you guys out there if yep. you got questions uh check us out on fcaod.org city church yep at yourcitychurch.org and you can check us out on sundays at the uh, old anytime fitness uh building 1191 bascom north drive right there on the corner 
There's awesome things happening on the corner, babe. Come on, come on, come on. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to A Voice in the Wilderness podcast with Skipper Hare. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can also learn more about FCA Outdoors by going to fcaod.org. Check out the Woods and Water magazine, which comes out once a month. Skipper writes an exciting article for FCA Outdoors. You can pick them up in most convenience stores in the Southeast region. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel Hair Days Uncut to follow all the podcasts from Skipper and his friends.